This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Hold True Tattoo Studios. The new studio is now open in Hamilton, and if you're interested in getting any tattoo work done or discussing any designs, please contact the chief artist, Brian Bell. You can find Hold True Tattoo Studios on Instagram and on Facebook, so if you're at all interested, please check them out. Brilliant. So, how are, you? how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. How are you guys? Yeah, good, good. Uh, really happy to be doing this, actually. You're going to be our first guest of the new year, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, yeah, thank you for having me. Like, how was your lots of... How was what, sorry? How was your Christmas? Yeah, it was nice. Um, quiet, at home. Yeah. Yeah, you know, safe. <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell me about it. How about you guys? Yeah, Emir's getting so big now, isn't he? He is. He's uh, yeah. He's he's just turning into a little a little character. So he is, which is brilliant. Uh, it's great to yeah. see him sort of developing like that. But yeah, he's getting older. Than, oh, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, right. So let's let's kick on. Uh, I won't keep you too long. I, I know you're doing this during the holidays, and like myself. No, it's cool. Um. So Vic's working today. He's editing, so he's in the other room. So maybe at the end, I'll just pop in and send it to him. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, yeah no, like the, the the sort of Christmas break is when we sort of um, just work from home, chill. But you know, it's not a problem at all. Like it's flexible. Yeah. Happy to okay. happy to chat to you. Absolutely. Uh, I'm just gonna turn my volume off. Really. That's okay. Gonna get things every two minutes. That's all right. Do you know it's a. Uh, this is what I actually wanted for the podcast, and, and you're the sort of perfect, perfect guest for it. Was to have, uh, have a friend on and chat, and just hit record and see how it goes. It happens. <laughs> Pretty much. I didn't. I didn't want it to be uh, really regimented all the time. Although I've got yeah. certain things that, that I want to talk about, but but I didn't want it just to be the usual interview of what do you think about this? What do you think about that? So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's but that's the best way because it's more natural, isn't it? It's just more normal. I, I, I hope so. Uh, <laughs> one, one, one thing I, I do want to kick off with, but is yeah. uh, what what has what has two thousand and twenty taught you? What what have you learned this year? Uh, and that can be from any angle at all. Personally, as an instructor, as a business owner, as a, as an actress, and a uh, sort of TV, movie, celebrity, whatever angle you want to bring that from, what what has 2020 taught you? I think 2020 has taught us, taught everybody a lot, hasn't it? Um, yeah. Personally, I think um, you know, we've all had to kind of dig deep and have a strong resolve. We've all had to, we personally have had to adapt, like business wise. Um, yep. You know, thankfully. You know, we've been able to adapt online, so we've been able to kind of keep going in that sense. Um, in terms of the acting and stuff, then, you know, everything kind of stopped and halted for a lot of people. So, yeah. especially during the first lockdown, I think it really, for me personally and, and for Vic as well, gave us time to reflect mm-hmm. on what we wanted to do, where we wanted to take the business. During the first lockdown, we just completed Tribal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of allowed us to 
complete the post-production and the deliverables. And to be honest, at that time, I was quite thankful for a little bit of a break. Yeah, no, <laughs> if, I'm really, if, not, if I'm really honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it allowed us to do that. Um, we, we, we've, we've got a, a sort of huge support and um, fantastic member base at the academy. And they were all like, yeah, we want to continue training. Let's go online. And we're very happy with what we sort of put in, in place for that. And then when we went back to training, yeah. um, all the sort of safety measures, things like that. So I think, you know, I think we've just had to, yeah, show a strong resolve, just learn to adapt, go with the flow and not be so stuck in our ways and just, you know, when something's not in your control, there's no point kind of stressing over it so much that it sort of breaks you. I think, and I know that's easy to say when, you know, things are sort of still going okay, but I think for a lot of people, like we've got a lot of families and um, friends that have been heavily affected by COVID and business closed and no financial support, especially with some self-employed friends, especially yeah. in the sort of acting industry and film and TV industry there's been very little financial support for those people. So we've been lucky in that sense. Um, I think it's been a tough year for everyone and I think everyone's kind of looking forward to taking me back a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think just, you know, reflecting and realizing actually, you know, things that are important and the way we want to kind of, you know, go personal goals and, and in terms of business and things like that as well. And I think, um, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been a struggle, but, um, I think times like this, you kind of know who your real friends are. Yeah. You know who's got your back. You know who's there for you. And and we've been, well, hopefully, we've, we've been there for our friends. And, yeah. you know, if anyone wanted to reach out and stuff as well. So, um, yeah, we've just had to adapt, really. Yeah. 2020 has been about adapting and surviving and strong, showed a strong resolve. I think one of the things I've mentioned, I mentioned that a couple of times on this podcast, actually, uh, speaking to martial artists and... One, sometimes I say things and, and, and I'll, sometimes I've complimented you in the past and I, I know what you're like uh, I know how <laughs> modest I know how modest you are and uh, I can be standing compliment you on whatever and, and I can see you doing this like Hello, uh, we, uh, okay but however uh, one of the things that I I hope that you don't lose uh is, is how good a martial artist you actually are. So that's how I was sort of first introduced to you, uh, watching some YouTube videos of seminars and things that you had done, and then trying really hard to get a day organized for you to come and teach at my school. And, uh, and then obviously have grown to know you and Vic a, a, a lot better, but it was, a, it was a martial artist that I thought, wow, uh, what a fantastic martial artist. I want this person to come and teach at my school. So getting to the point of this sort of next next question, I I didn't realise how sort of far along I was in my journey to be a martial artist. I didn't realise how far along I was until this actually happened. And I actually realised all of these things that we're meant to be able to deal with as martial artists, I'm dealing with them not too bad this year. Does that make sense? Like you were, yeah, yeah. the martial arts had prepared you for this. Uh, sure. How did how did you find your martial arts life had, had set you up for getting through this? Good question. I'm going to go just back to your first point before yeah. I sort of answer the question. And um, 
forgive me because sometimes I'll go off on one, so you have you might have to bring me back in. Okay. Listen, you go as long as you need. To <laughs> you want to do. Um. Yeah. Sometimes I like go off track and then I'll come back at some yeah. point. Um. So I just want to go back to the first point. So when we first met, um, and when I came to your school and everything like that, um, I was very very impressed, obviously with the standard and stuff. We've been to a lot of seminars and things and. It was really nice to travel up to Scotland and to meet yourself and to meet Tracy and all your students and stuff. And I um, just want to thank you for that initial um, sort of welcome and, and everything as well. Because we, because I really, I love the seminar. I mean, I love teaching, I love traveling and it was, yeah. it was great to meet you guys. But um, the welcome from your students and the sort of standard and the support that you guys had and the setup in your school as well for a traditional school was, was really awesome. And that's why, um, we, we really love that event, um, you know, I know well, we've been back since, haven't we, we've been yep, back yep. a few times now, but um, yeah, just your your whole ethos and um, standing in the school and the way that you run things, it, it really sort of shows through your students. Thank you. Um, and that's what I try and do in my school as well, you know, that I think when people sort of see you and your, you know, reputation and standard and, and how your students behave, I think that speaks volumes. So, uh, we really love coming there, you know, meeting you for the first time and, and things yeah. like that. And obviously we built a friendship from that as well, which, which was really awesome. So thank you for having me for that awesome. first time. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, initially. And um, Tracy came to my Hindu, and then you guys came to our wedding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Friends for life. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, but just so through the martial arts and stuff, I think one thing I love about martial arts is is all these kind of different character traits that you kind of learn about yourself and and it, it really does kind of set you up and help you prepare for different things that happen in your life um and i think i found that not just through this pandemic but um um just through other stuff that happened you know i think even even, even through sort of the acting and the, the film stuff just having a certain sort of discipline and control and, and just respect for yourself um and just a focus, yeah. I think, has, has helped me again, not just in this, definitely in this pandemic, but not just in this pandemic, but just through different things and, um, you know, different challenges and things that kind of come up. Um, and I think that's one of the things that the martial arts has taught me and continues to teach me um, and helps me because it's not just, you know, I'm going to go to class, do some kicks and punches and maybe a bit sparring and then I'll go home. Yeah. It, it's much, much more than that. And I think when people start, their martial art journey, maybe they don't realize that initially, but I think it, it becomes a big realization. And it's one of the things, and one of the reasons why I started to study Tai Chi with Steve Rowe this year, yeah. just because I wanted to sort of give, you know, do something for me yeah. Yeah. and yeah. Get, get back into training and get back into learning. And, and I always consider myself a student. I don't think I've never not been a student of martial arts, but I think, yeah, being able to train with Steve and under his, you know, sort of guidance and tuition and do something different um, for me was very important. And, um, you know, this pandemic has ruined that a little bit because we've had to delay kind of training course and things like that. So for, for next year, I'm looking forward to getting back into that as well. And I think the, the sort of Tai Chi aspect and the internal training, I think, has complemented this sort of external training that I've done for years and years and years. Um, and that's been, you know, very interesting for me this year as well and something that I'm glad that I started. And, want yeah. to continue um I think for me martial arts has always been like a way of life for me from like a little girl so I think it's it's helped me in my um 
sort of tournament and fighting career. It helped me um, sort of set my business. It helped me um, with moving into the sort of film and TV career. Uh, and just, just everyday stuff. Like I, I, I try and be, um, like I said earlier, like if something's not in my control, yep. and I don't try to stress about it too much. Like, okay, there's nothing I can do about that. So I'm going to deal with it this way. And some people don't understand how I can be so chilled that, you know, it's sort of really stressful, heightened times. I'm like, okay, but you just got to step back sometimes and just kind of like look at the bigger picture. And then, you know, eventually things kind of work out or we'll go in a different direction. And then you just have to accept that. So I think martial arts is definitely, yeah. you know, done, done a lot for me in that sense. And just in terms of confidence as well, you know. Um, from from a very shy young girl just coming up through school even and um, just you really give me a focus on what I wanted to do in my life really yeah um, yeah how uh, about you well I think it's there's a couple a couple of notes that I've made where to talk about you actually starting as a young girl and progressing mm. through to where you've got to now um, and we'll get to that and, and the other thing was was this about the the, the traditional arts. Uh, I think a lot of the stuff that we 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 teach as and you, I know you've got a, a, a really really successful uh, tournament team and uh, there's a really good competitive vibe at, at, at the PBA, but it's it's underpinned by by tradition where you you came through yourself and and obviously that's where ninety five percent of my experience has been has been in. Traditional Taekwondo, traditional martial arts, and much of the lessons that we should be learning in that are things like stuff you've just said. If it's out with your control, there's very little you can do about it. Uh, not to add a sort of burden of stress on top of yourself. And as I say, when when we had to sort of close down classes, physical classes initially, I took a step back and thought. <laughs> Why are you not stressing about this, Kareem? Like, why, why, why are you not really, really panicking about this? Uh, and then when I actually thought on it, I thought, this is what you've been training 30 odd years for. This is the person that this, and I, I generally put it down to the martial arts. I put it down to having that traditional base, which you're trying to investigate a lot bit more now, training with Steve Rowe. Uh, mm -hmm. That can only, it can only make us into, I hate saying better people now because everybody's got their own thing going on, but a better example of version of yourself. Yeah, a yeah. better version of yourself, better example yeah. of yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, no, I, I totally agree. Um yeah, 100% with you on that one. What what's been your biggest challenge this year? And and, and I mean on a sort of personal level from a, a martial artist or within your own head, what have you what have you sort of struggled? What what have you struggled with? And maybe we can then talk about how you dealt with that and how you overcame that? Um, like, I don't want to go into too many, like, very personal things, but I think... Oh, of course, of course. You know, I think um, we we all this year have sort of suffered or you got, got stressed. And I think, again, just going back to what I said before, just I've tried to stay sort of chilled and calm and step back and kind of look at the bigger picture and just sensibly kind of go okay well this is what we need to do and, and you know form a bit of an action plan and when you're sort of so stressed and that's heightened and 
you, you can kind of make wrong decisions or bad choices and I think it's important just to step back and just just be calm and yeah just you know take a little bit of time to reflect before you kind of act on things sometimes so I've, I've tried to do that a lot this year um I think for me the biggest thing that I've seen that's um been a challenge for me is not necessarily for me personally but for my students as well some of the mental changes and challenges that my students have had especially the younger students has been upsetting yeah. and challenging and um yeah I think I didn't realize that well I don't think any of us did really at the, the start of the pandemic how that would affect so many people mentally yeah. emotionally um you know we've we've still got students that haven't been back to physical classes that are still doing online classes but they haven't been out of their house since March yeah yeah that's crazy yeah no, <laughs> and, yeah. and you know there's, there's other people and other stories and stuff I'm like wow this I think after the pandemic and you know the vaccine you know it's going to be rolled out you know in on a bigger scale there's going to be a lot of things afterwards that we kind of need to address and need yeah. to help people with and um you know one of our coaches at the academy deals a lot with kind of mental health and, and things like that as a social worker so he's been doing a lot recently to help with kind of just reaching out to people and just just chatting to people and, and just giving them resources and information just so people kind of know where to go and what they need to do if they're feeling a certain way or they need that extra bit of support or help yeah. and I think that's been important I think that's been a challenge that I didn't see coming through the pandemic um, and that's been quite hard to see some of our students and stuff just suffer with that and yeah I think I think it's that's been tough just to kind of see that and that we, we're trying to be there as much as we can for our students and things as well and family and friends yeah I'm really glad that you said that actually because that is kind of that's kind of what I was trying to to to, to get at and, and and not hoped that that's how you had replied but because I had that exact same experience so wasn't necessarily looking for you to bear your soul because uh, because obviously I, I I wouldn't either but uh <laughs> been a, that's been a big that's been my as a martial artist that's been my biggest challenge is seeing and trying your best to manage without and I know for a fact I've made a lot of mistakes this year where I have been uh, over over involved let's put it that way with people just through this real urge to help people and it's been so many different situations that people have found themselves in and keeping yourself motivated, but then trying to keep them motivated because you know you know the benefits that what we do, you know the benefits, how it can help people. It's been really, really difficult this year, but to see people, you, you, you and I are very similar in that we genuinely care about the people that walk through our door. And you get that from the PBA as soon as you walk in and, and and obviously you've seen how our school sort of works as well. But you yes. do, you, I genuinely care about every single student that walks in that door. And some have lost their jobs and some, and we're not just talking about adults, you said it yourself, you're talking about kids that have had, uh, their mental health just hasn't been so good because life's been so different. And it's been difficult, it's been really difficult as the sort of instructor, head instructor, whatever way you want to look at it, to, to try and, make sure everybody's been okay to the best of your ability. There, there, there'll be a lot of people out there that that haven't bothered with that. If their students aren't at the school, that's the communication finished. But 
I think you and I are very similar in that we, we, or at least I know for a fact that I try and make sure everybody's all right all the time. And sometimes I make mistakes and sometimes I know yeah, I've went too far. Yeah, but I think um, the important thing is that you care. And I think during the pandemic, it's, it's very important to show that compassion and people, your, your students especially, and I know you care about your students and stuff. They, they are like an extended family to us, aren't they? And, yeah. Um, regardless if they're not on the mat training with us, they're still being thought of and we still care because, you know, you're a kind person and we're human beings and we need that compassion and, and love right now. So I think that's really important. See some of the students as well, just change in personality from, you know, outgoing kids just becoming so withdrawn and just anxious and don't even want to leave the house. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's important that the instructors are there for them. And I think what, what I've kind of seen over the sort of the lockdown periods and the sort of transition to online training things is different instructors handling things different ways. Yeah. And um, you know, each to their own and, and people will handle situations differently and, and as they feel fit and right for their students in their school. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, just showing that compassion and if, if people have lost jobs and are not getting the financial support that they need. You know, I'm not expecting people to be paying membership fees and tuition yeah. fees, you know, yeah. and, and we've done as much as we can, I think, or, or able to, if I could do more, I would, to just help people through that and still be able to train. And we've, we've been a little bit of a, I wouldn't say a lifeline, but we've been that sort of structure and that, um, you know, that, that sort of um, normality in people's lives where they've not been able to go to school and they've sort of they're not working or you know whatever's happening they know that you know at whatever time it is we've got training still we've got class they turn up in their uniform you know yeah. in their front rooms and stuff and yeah. I think that that's really helped a lot of our students kind of just give something or just give them a little bit of structure a bit of normal more normality they're still training they're still seeing all their other sort of students and friends on zoom and you know however yeah. it is but yeah. So I think, yeah, I think that's it's really helped a lot for us to still be there for our students. Um, yeah, and, 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 and I know you feel the same, that, you know, you just want to kind of give as much as you can. Yeah. And, and, and we can only do that. And we all make mistakes. I make mistakes all the time, every day. Yeah. <laughs> Big tells me all the time. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think, yeah, just, just being there and doing your best is all you can do, isn't it? I think what you said... Again, it's 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 so brilliant to chat with you because you, I, I think you're 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 saying lots of things that uh, that I know we're on the same page uh, with. Every every Christmas we put a little sort of message up on the Facebook page, and one of the things I've actually said this year was that the students might not realise it, but but the students that have that have sort of came all the way through the year, this might be their most important and beneficial year of the martial arts journey to have went through that sort of hardship and then still been here and and was just saying look how proud I am which I was I mean every time I log on to zoom and, and the screen's full it's buzzing and, and you do you, you, there's, there's this genuine pride I feel that I think wow these these guys are amazing that they're, they're still doing this and one of the parents had just commented under it on Facebook and and listen they just said exactly what you've just said they said the biggest compliment I can give you this year is how you've offered my two girls consistency. It's the mm. only thing, that's wonderful. It really, really is that it's the only thing in this horrible year that 
those students and, and hundreds and thousands of students throughout the country have been, we have Taekwondo class at this time on a Monday, this time on a Wednesday, mm. we put our dough box on, we're in the, the kitchen or the living room or the, the bedroom or wherever it is that they're training. I take great pride in that. It's a wonderful, mm. wonderful thing uh, to mm. have offered that to people. So Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's one of the, yeah, definitely one of the highlights of the year and just being able to still give that back to our students and stuff. And and the students, there's credit to all of the students that have done that as well. And, and the parents that sort of support the students because yeah. for the online training is a big transition for a lot of people. Um, I don't know if you found we've we've had a very um, sort of mixed, not feelings, but just approach to it. So everybody loves what we've done and the majority of our student base have got on with Zoom. And again, that interaction, that training, we can still you know turn up to class yeah. in our front rooms and, and our lounges and our kitchens or garages, wherever that might be, and still have that normality and that consistency. And we're still training and learning and progressing. And actually the standard of our students when we've come back to training physically, has been very good and I've been very surprised and you know credit to the students because they've still been putting the training in the time yeah. but also the, the parents because sometimes especially with the younger ones it's very different for them to kind of be in front of that mobile phone or laptop or computer and try and have that same focus and, and, and dedication at home when yeah. there's so many distractions going on so I think for us you know the parents have sort of been um very supportive and and sort of really appreciate what we've done in that sense and a lot of parents that I've spoken to as well I don't know if you, you have seen there's, there's so many different activities that kids do now isn't there you know basketball gymnastics swimming dance football blah 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 you know so many but I don't feel like those other activities I mean maybe they have have done what we've done in the martial arts um I've had lots of sort of stories from parents like we are the only ones yeah. in terms of you know the martial arts training that have been consistent and have stepped up, if you like, and continue you know, doing as much as we can for the students, whereas other activities have had to close down. And, and I understand some, you know, some of the physical activities you know, are outdoors and they haven't been able to physically do what we can do. We've been yeah. able to adapt. But, but for some, they could adapt and they could, you know, they could find ways. And um, a lot of the activities, um, especially in our area, just haven't. Mm-hmm. and they've you know just closed their doors taken their tuition fees and done nothing else yeah so for me that's very poor so I'm I'm yeah really proud of our students and our instructors and the other martial arts school owners as well that have sort of stepped up and sort of gone you know what this isn't going to beat us and we're gonna yeah turn up every Monday Thursday whatever your time yeah. is where you uniform yeah. you know and, and just get on with it and and deal with it but I think you're right in the sense that people that have come through this hardship in this training time are going to take a lot from that and when they come back to physical classes they'll have a you know a deeper understanding of what the martial arts training is about and how that you know develops you as a person your character um yeah. but i think yeah there's, there's, but there's a lot of people that i've seen do stuff that i'm like mm, i wouldn't be doing that, <laughs> what was that? i wouldn't be doing that <laughs> right <Okay>. now <laughs> You know, there's been there's been a lot a lot of positives, but then there's always kind of. I feel like sometimes. Zara, let me stop you. Zara, you're doing that thing, and I know you. Oh, I don't. I don't want to say it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're doing this thing where you're trying to be 
uh, polite and respectful. So if yeah. you're going to say it, so I'm, so I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm trying to save you there because I know. Thank you. So yeah, I'm moving on. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, I'll say it. <laughs> no. Okay. Good. <laughs> no, no. One of the things. No, no. One of the things. Because that. Yeah. Uh, bring them in. This this might be. Okay. This might be in relation to maybe what you were thinking. It probably isn't, but it's one of the things that I've taken great pride in as a traditionalist because mm. some of the panic at the beginning of the year was how how can how are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? And if you look at 90% of our curriculum, that's just a made-up figure, but for, for talk's sake, uh, 90% of our curriculum, give or take, doesn't require contact, it doesn't require uh, martial arts, Should you should be able to study martial arts on your own, and I, I mean I've been teaching from uh, two metres squared to a tiny little space, and mm. I people would say well how is this going to work, and I'm saying well martial arts has, in a traditional sense has been there for over 2,000 years this is a tiny, tiny little blip on the history of martial arts. So we, we can make this work. Mm -hmm. I take a lot of, uh, I take, I used to, I don't know so much, a uh, wee bit more mature maybe. I used to take it really personally and get into lots of online squabbles with the spit and sawdust crew, as I call them, who are, if you're not killing each other, it's not martial arts and blah, blah, blah. These guys haven't been able to train for the last 10 months, whereas mm -hmm. having a traditional base, and I know what I offer my students brings a benefit to their life. I know mm -hmm. that. And we've been able to carry on for the last 10 months, keeping everybody safe, keeping everybody in their houses, still allowing them to exercise. And, and one of the things you said again there, I've got students, lots of students have come back to me and said, you know what, because of the style that we've been doing, I feel more confident in my techniques. I'm actually better at my techniques mm. uh, because we've been able to really focus on the traditional side, our stances and our blocking and uh, our line work and our, our breaking our patterns down and working on balance and all of this brilliant traditional stuff that mm -hmm. lots of the people that told me my martial arts were rubbish haven't been able to do anything because of that particular style that they were they were teaching. Yeah, I think um, I'd be really impressed with the standard actually online. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had this discussion before, and I've spoken to Vic about this as well. So I, I don't know um, how that would compare to say having a brand new student that wants to train with you, and they've only trained online, and they've mm -hmm. never physically met you or been in your class. Yeah. Like, I don't know what that comparison would be, but I'm talking about the students that we already have yes, yeah. that we're training online with. I've seen a good progress through my students um, online, just, you know, and their dedication and, and their, their training week in, week out when they have come back to class. You know, I've seen that and I, I can see the, the people that have been training and then the people who maybe haven't trained as much as those people, you know, and yeah. I, that would really surprise me because I, I wasn't expecting to kind of see that through the yeah. online training at all. So that, that's been really awesome and a, and a really great benefit. But I think, yeah, I think that the sort of the, the traditional martial arts styles, um, I think 
every school is different and every instructor is different but I think you know you especially you just have a different mentality in terms of training and, and what you can do and adapt and like you said before like I don't I didn't understand the panic right at the start I thought okay well we're just going to do this so like why are you all stressing <laughs> yeah. but people handle things differently in different situations I understand that as well but I think like we said before just take a step back and figure out how you're going to work this and what's in your best interest and if people want to go ahead and say stuff and do stuff that they feel is in their best interest okay good for you but I'm going to do what I feel is right for me and what's right for my students and um yeah I've seen a lot of stuff that I don't think I would do I didn't agree with but that's not my place to kind of go and say that that's up to you and that's what you want to do fine but I think what you've done with your students has been fantastic um and I think and and we've done what we feel is right for our students too. And I think your your parents and your your students and your members give you the feedback that you need, whether something's working right or not. You know, not a different school who has a different yeah. um, sort of setup or different style or you know different method of teaching, etc. But I think the traditional martial arts styles. I think it's just it's the foundation of martial arts, isn't it? Yeah. That I think that is that is just going to get you through this it's that traditional that that discipline that foundation that focus you know just rooted into the martial arts tradition I think that's so important and I think those instructors and schools and styles are going to survive this yeah and the, the, the ones that don't have any substance or anything else than kicking and punching each other those are the ones that are going to sort of fade out and find it very difficult and going to struggle yeah um that's what I think anyway I I would say, uh, and it's actually something that I've not done for a number of years, is kind of self-analyze myself as an instructor, but I, I've had to work hard. I think we've all had to work hard this year to, mm. to teach, and, and it's not just about us having a smaller space. Uh, I mean, one of my students in particular, who I'm thinking about just now, he trains in his kitchen. <laughs> I think probably because his wife had said, you're not doing this in London. So, <laughs> Get out. <laughs> yeah, so God bless him. Gets his dough on and goes into the kitchen. And I've really had to work hard to improve myself as an instructor because how can I offer a class that this person can do in a metre squared or in a long shape of a kitchen? Or when I've got two kids in front of me standing side by side in a bedroom, I need to give them something that's worthwhile and that will improve them. So from that angle, I've, I've, I don't want to say I've enjoyed this year because I don't think anybody really has, but I've really seen the benefit to me as an instructor because I've had to think out, continue to think outside the box. Have you, have you found that, that? Yeah, on on Zoom, yeah, on the online training stuff, but also yeah. in our class in our classes as well. So in the academy, you know, the students have their two meter square box and they stay inside of that space. Yeah. They don't kind of go anywhere else. It's all kind of zoned off for them. Um, so yeah, so when you're teaching and you're doing your class plan, you think, okay, what are we covering today? What is it I want my students to get from this lesson today? You have to sort of be creative <laughs> in the way that you're teaching. I think, how am I going to do this? And how are my students at home actually going to be able to do this? Um, you know, because I was, teaching from home for, for quite a lot of the lockdown as well. And then when we were allowed to go back into the school, into the academy, I started doing the online classes from the academy. So obviously yeah. that's great for me, but all of my students aren't in the academy. They're still yeah, at home. Yeah. They're still in their kitchen. They're still in their you know, lounge, whatever. Yeah. So I think, yeah, we, it's, it's taught us um, as instructors, hasn't it? Just to kind of adapt to be more creative and actually 
um, yeah, just understand a little bit more about what your students are going through as well. So you can kind of deliver the best lesson yeah. and the best instruction. And we've definitely had to be creative and um, keep the engagement of the students as well, especially the younger ones. Yeah. Being creative and sort of keeping them engaged in what you're doing as well. Because yeah. at home, again, for the for the younger ones, well, actually even adults, you know, there's a mobile phone on the side, it's quite easy to kind of go, oh, I've got notifications, Facebook, who's this? <laughs> Pick up your phone and stuff. So, you know, it's 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 very been very important for me just to kind of keep that focus on the training. Like it's Monday, it's Tuesday, whatever your training day or time is, we're training now. So let's yeah. be focused on training. But at the same time, it needs to kind of be fun, engaging. You want your students to be learning and progressing. And that's that's been fun a fun challenge but it's been it's been difficult at times because it's been 10 months like you said and you don't have the creative freedom to do what you would do if you're in a training hall or your academy or or whatever as well so I think that's been a challenge for a lot of instructors my my kids uh my kids must be world champion level at burpees now Uh, (laughs) yeah yeah they'll be coming back to the 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 dojang with, with, with biceps and quads. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's do this kick and drill, right? Five burpees. And listen, it's just to get the energy up in the class, and, and they all sort of they all they all loved it. Uh, yeah. Right. Okay. As I say, this is going. <laughs> let's move forward now because this is going to be our first episode of 2021. Let's, let's move forward a little more positively by going back the way. So let's go back to uh, young Zara gets introduced to martial arts at the first time, for the first yeah. time. Uh, but yeah, t- again, because there's different audiences and I know that you've spoken about this probably a million times now, but for this podcast and my particular audience, can we talk a wee bit about your introduction to martial arts and then you can kind of take that angle take it off in whatever angle you, you wish to yeah um I think if if you don't know me or don't know when I did martial arts or anything about me then I think um it's important to know that I've got three sisters first of all and we're all very different we all have different personalities um and yeah it's very I always find it very strange how we can all come from the same place and all turn out so different but um we do and so I'm the eldest of my three sisters. Um, so, you know, my mum and dad had a little bit of a hard time with four, four girls. So, um, so I'm the oldest and my other sisters, Zoe, Sophie and Zelina. So Zoe and I are very close together in terms of ages. And then there's a little gap. And then my other two sisters are very close together in terms of ages. So Zoe and I were very much um, opposite ends of the school spectrum. And you know if if Zoe did something I wasn't allowed to do it and if I was doing something she didn't want to do anything close to what I was doing I mean we have a fantastic relationship now we we love each other to bits and get on really well but I think you know when you're growing up with siblings there's always that kind of sibling rivalry and um and things like that as well we had that (laughs) I'm saying yes Uh, I was a spoiled only child and still am spoiled oh we were very very different um I was very shy and I don't know if I was shy, I was very quiet and reserved. I think I still am, you know, but um, I, I don't feel I'm shy. I feel like I have a confidence, but sometimes, you know, I don't want to be the loudest person in the room, yeah, you know, yeah. but Zoe, Zoe was very, um, 
very outgoing, very sort of tomboyish. You'd be climbing trees, eating worms, digging the muds, <laughs> driving quad bikes, all that kind of stuff. So we were very different. Um, and I think she'd done lots of different kinds of sporting activities. And there was a local, my dad had done karate, and there was a local karate class that had started up in our sort of junior school. Mm-hmm. And um, he wanted to take Zoe along to that. Um, I think my dad felt it was important for us to all kind of be able to take care of ourselves as, as females and look after ourselves, but I don't think that was the initial reason, but I think that's definitely yeah. one of his main, main reasons. So Zoe went along first and I was like, I really want to, can I go? I want to go. No. Okay. It's not for you, Zara. Like lots of family members at that time were like, no, you don't want to do that. It's not for you. Having no you know, experience of any kind of martial arts or karate or, or anything like that, just judging me because I was this quiet little girl and I shouldn't be doing anything physical like that. So she went along eventually, I think it was like six months after then, you know, then I went. And of course, as soon as I went, she quit. So, <laughs> and I didn't intend that obviously, but um, it's just, yeah, she just had enough. Um, but as soon as I went to the first class, I was just hooked straight away, just even from the first lesson. I just loved the discipline and the structure and the learning the techniques and, you know, sort of the history and the terminology and, yeah, just a sort of different culture. And um, yeah, I was hooked from day one. And I think as soon as I started and then I was allowed to join, <laughs> yeah. my my dad sort of understand the benefits of martial arts and the sort of self-defense aspects of being able to kind of look after yourself. But um, I think in terms of, you know, building confidence and helping me grow through school in that sense and kind of come out of my shell a little bit, um, I don't think that they realized maybe at that stage how positive and, and how important yeah. that would be for me yeah. um and then yeah so I never missed a day of class and even when I broke my arm quad biking I drove through a metal gate <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was open and it wasn't straight in um okay. I was like I need I need to go I need to go to training I can't miss a day of class I'll sit at the side and take notes and watch yeah. and so even from a young age like seven eight I remember I think it was 10 or 11 and um we the family were kind of doing like a uh, some kind of family holiday weekend I can't remember exactly where it was or where it was but I was like yeah I can't go (laughs) (laughs) I got a training so you know I'm gonna have to stay at home and um I think it was center parks and it wasn't even far away so I remember that I was like well we're like half an hour away so you, you can take me back and then come back again so that was kind of the deal you know, so I, I never missed a day of training and it was just hooked right from the start, from, from my first karate class when I started in Shotokan Karate. And uh-huh. um, so when I just turned seven. So yeah, that was kind of how I started. And then I just loved learning and being a student and, and just developing. And then I think it was when I was sort of 13, 14, um, when we, I'd already been to kind of some, some local tournaments and I started to really enjoy um, the competition element yeah. of it. Although at the time, um, the karate school that, that I was with wasn't, um, and I was with for like 14 years, weren't really a tournament-based school yeah. in, in the Kumite. They were a good kata school. They were very good at kata. But um, I was like going to these tournaments and kind of fighting and like getting disqualified. I was like, I don't, why am I getting disqualified? I just punched the girl in the face and she's on the floor. She's bleeding. Why am I not winning this fight? Yeah. There was no, I didn't, I didn't have the understanding of kind of the rules and actually the control on what I was supposed to be doing kind of in the tournament. I was just like fighting. <laughs> so, 
uh, then got to a point where I kind of wasn't allowed, well, I wouldn't fight the girls. I'd go in the boys' categories and, and just fight, but then be like, okay, well, I've just set this boys, so, you know, I, why, I don't understand why I'm not winning. Um, but anyway, so my dad was like, do you know what? We need to kind of, yeah, just let's, let's channel this energy and channel this side of, of sort of the training and martial arts that I really enjoyed the contact side. And then I started to do kickboxing and that sort of complemented that. And I was like, ah, okay, we got rules. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this is why we're not winning. So then, yeah, loved kickboxing. And then from the kickboxing, went into taekwondo, but I was still doing karate at the same time. And I just love the different styles and the different types of training that we did as well. Yeah. Um, I love this sort of traditional training that we used to do up and down the hall or the line work and stuff like that. But then I loved the physical sparring sessions mm-hmm. and, just because I was a girl, it didn't matter. I could still do just as much and, you know, enjoy the contact side of it as well. Yeah. But, you know, be, be safe. And there was, you know, obviously certain elements of control. Um, yeah, I, I was just hooked from day one, basically, <laughs> in short. <laughs> How, uh, can you tell us a bit about your, and again, I know we spoke about the benefits of, of the traditional side of things quite a lot. But the the tournament side, you were extremely successful. So I think it would be it'd be an injustice not to talk about that. Uh, and just tell us about your sort of different or your biggest experiences and achievements on the on the tournament circuit. I know I you competed in the States, for example, quite a number of times. As well, sorry. You competed in, in America a number oh, of yeah. times. Stuff, so. Yeah, I don't think I would have had such a good tournament. Um, career if I hadn't had such a strong traditional background okay I think um and even when I've been to different tournaments around the world the 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 athletes and the competitors that do very well are the ones that have the traditional roots regardless if that's kickboxing sport karate you know whatever the the style is so I went to a lot of open tournaments the the yeah the the sort of competitors that had that traditional background and routing I think um really really kind of stand out and are more successful or from my from what I've seen have been more successful so I think for me personally I think having that um foundation yeah was very important regardless if I've then gone into sport or tournament um which is you know different kind of mentality and training in a certain extent the foundation of the martial arts and training that I had you know that's what it was built on it's yeah. not I think I think it's different when you see sort of uh, tournament competitors now who don't have the traditional background, but are just sport martial artists, if you like. It's very different. I think when you speak to people, when you meet people, you kind of, you can kind of get that sense anyway. Yeah. And and how they conduct themselves and how they behave themselves, you can see which sort of students or athletes or schools have that tradition and discipline yeah. um, and the ones that don't, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think, um, yeah, it sort of allowed me and gave me the opportunity to to travel around the world, to America many, many times, around Europe and stuff. Um, and I think one, I think the, one of the biggest events that I went to uh, in terms of size was the Arnold Schwarzenegger Games in 2004. Yeah. And there was, it's not just martial arts, like I was expecting to kind of have, yeah, okay, like a big hall and it's going to be full and it's going to be a long day and it's going to be over however many days and, and whatever. But when I went there, so there's a small little group of us, um, it was at this massive conference center in Columbus in Ohio. 
and there was like fencing, gymnastics, bodybuilding, you know, all different kinds of yeah. events. But if you think of um, like what can we compare it to here? Uh, I don't know, somewhere like the O2 or somewhere, you've got yeah. like a big stadium, but then each that this conference center was huge. Like each hall or each center, it's probably not as big as the O2, but if you, if you like a mini O2, each of them was like a, a huge hall or conference event in itself. And there was like loads of them, like yeah. 12, more than 12. I don't know, it's two months four. I don't remember how many, there was a lot. <laughs> so each one, it was absolutely packed. There were I've never been to an event where there's people outside on the street trying to get tickets to get inside. Okay. Yeah. Like, we're going to a martial arts tournament. All you want to get tickets for? Go to the door and go get your ticket. Go pay spectator me and go in. There was there was queues of people outside trying to get into this event, and yeah. I was like, when we turned up, this is a little bit bigger than what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. We went in. It was absolutely packed. It was like um, normal Christmas shopping when you wall to wall and you can't get anywhere. There's too many people shopping. It's you know obviously not this year. It was actually, I've never seen a martial art tournament event or any martial art event like that. Yep. And I, that was incredible to me. That was the first thing I was like, wow. So then I had like TV screens everywhere, huge matted areas, all the seating. They had stars there. Arnold Schwarzenegger obviously came. Um, Vic booked into Stallone and you didn't even know. There was lots of sort of, you know, it was like, wow, look at this person, this one. It was a really great event in, in, in terms of just the, the size and the presence and everything that was there and the whole setup and stuff. And that's actually when I met Grandmaster Che for the first time and then we became part of his association initially. Yeah. And I think at the time um, I was just focused on kind of what I wanted to do and maybe didn't take it in as much as I could have done. So when you look back at things, you go, ah, I wish I'd just taken time just to kind of just yeah. sort of take all this in. But I was so in the zone. And when I was a competitor, I sort of, People gave me a little bit of flack for that, actually, just being focused and just who does she think she is? You know, she's this because she's just so yeah, I'm yeah. like, I'm just competing. I'm here to do my job. And afterwards, we can chat and be friends. But right now, I've just yeah. come here to kind of, you know, I got a little bit of whatever about that. But anyway, so at this event, I was very much in the zone and focused on what I was doing. And I didn't realize there was these huge cameras and TV screens and I was on them. Okay. So I'm, I'm glad at that time that I didn't sort of look <laughs> around and go, that's me. <laughs> because yeah. I, I would have been it would have been that sort of additional pressure and I don't know how I would have coped with that at that time because you know I hate having my picture taken I hate being in front of the camera all of that kind of stuff you know um which is very different from now obviously but yeah. but that event um I won four gold medals the, just the whole event I think for me was a great experience and it wasn't about winning the gold medals you know I couldn't have won anything and I still would have enjoyed the event it was just the whole sort of experience of it as well and the, the whole sort of setup and it felt like a professional event for athletes it wasn't just you know just just a haphazard tournament it, it was yeah. a it was a big event yeah. um, so that was really cool but there's been other events like smaller events like I fought in Sheffield and Boston and things like that when it's been quite small and but I've had some amazing fights mm -hmm. with um or when I feel like I've performed my pattern the best that I could have performed it. Yeah. And it's some, sometimes that I've taken away more, even if um, I was successful and, and many times, yeah, I've won gold medals and things, but in my early sort of stages of, of sort of competing, 
I wasn't winning and it took me a little bit of time to kind of find that confidence to actually come out of myself and perform if yeah. you like so I, I, I look back to some of the the other tournaments and things like that I've been to as well that I just think you know that was the best that I performed that pattern moon moon was my is my is my favorite pattern and I love it um so one there's there's no better feeling than when I can perform the pattern the best that I can with power and balance all that kind of stuff and then it feels good and it's strong yeah. um and then come after it and to me it's irrelevant if if I win or don't win it's about my personal performance on the day and, and sometimes I've won stuff I'm like ah oh, I just need to go back and train I, I wasn't happy with the way that I did something so I you know go back in the gym go back to the academy and just just thrash out different rounds and just yeah. get it down because I feel like I need to do that and sometimes I think when I was competing, I think it's not just the winning that sort of motivated me. It was my performance and just bettering myself. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's what kind of pushed me to, to keep going. And it wasn't until it was one time in America that we went to an event and there was like directors, uh, film, local film producers, independent filmmakers and stuff. And they were looking for kind of new talent or local talent to come and take part in feature films. Yeah. And then I was not interested at all. And they invited me over and I was like, okay, well, we're going to do some fighting. What are we going to do? And it was acting and I was like, not ready for it. Um, I did drama at school and things like that, but I was just like, I don't know if this is what I want to do, okay. but okay, I'll go and do it. They paid for me to go over there for six weeks, do some filming. And I was so nervous. My leg was shaking. I, you know, I was kind of stuttering in my lines. I was just... <laughs> It was really bad, but I actually really enjoyed the experience. And then, you know, after the first kind of couple of weeks was that actually I understand the process of the filmmaking and what it takes. And when I kind of understood that, then I sort of found a little bit of confidence. And when I came back to the UK after doing that and that filming experience, there was a lot of my friends that studied martial arts that had gone into screen fighting or stunt work and kind of commercial stuff. It's like, you can actually make a career of this and that's not anything that I was expecting to, to happen or to do. Um, I was very much kind of a, an athlete and wanted to sort of compete. And that, that's what my focus was. And that kind of opened new doors for me. And then I, that kind of, you know, changed my career path a little bit as well. Um, yeah. And then from there, then the rest is kind of history. Then I sort of hung up my uh, competitive gloves and then decided to go, do you know what? I'm going to pursue this. Yep, yep. Um and yeah, and I thank for that and then sort of found that the sort of the acting book or the filming book, because again, it's just the whole process for me, it's the learning experience and the process of it as well. So yeah. it's not that I just love being in front of the camera. It's it's the what it takes to kind of make a scene or to make a film or to have that end result and that product. I think that I really fell in love with as well. Yeah. Uh, two things that, that popped into my head that I'm trying to remember uh, before, because <laughs> obviously what you talk about some of the, the sort of films work and stuff that you've done, but always my my favourite type of martial artist, I always talk about George St. Pierre, the UFC champion, and you said the exact same thing as what he says all the time, and it's people like him and like yourself who have this mentality that I'm, I'm, I'm sort of more drawn to as uh, martial artist first and competitor second and in and, and, a... Uh, he, for example, took four years out of the, the cage and came back better than what he was after a retirement of four years. People are saying, well, how, how did that happen? 
well, because I've been training every day for four years. I was going to get better. It's about martial arts. That's the sort of first thing. And then the second thing from, and again, it's, I always think when I'm speaking to my own students, it's okay me saying it, but to have someone like yourself with a lot more experience and a lot more competition experience, uh, given the same message. And I, I, I say this often, the, the, the medals and stuff are, are fantastic, but there's a, there's a real chance of growth when you can go up on a floor in front of hundreds of people and, and just perform your pattern or your kata or your forum, uh, not even thinking about winning the medal, but just to improve your own self and to feel confident that you've done your pattern in front of all of these people under this pressure as best as you possibly can. And I, I try and say this to students and children all the way up to adults and say, it's about going up there and, and you doing yourself justice. That's the most important thing. We, 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 is it, I, I don't like to put words into your mouth, but that's kind of what I was taking from, from what you were saying yeah. about, about that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, like I said right at the start, I, I still see myself as a student and learning every day, you know, I think is important. I think because I'm an instructor as well, it's, it's important for us to still keep learning and growing and developing. Yeah. Because if we don't do that ourselves, then how can we expect our students to do that every day? So I think yeah. for me, it's, it's important that, that I do that. And that's that's the kind of approach that I took as an athlete. Like every day I wanted to, and still do, want to be better, make progress, make improvements. And I think that focus and that sort of um, really helped me in my rehab when I had my knee surgery, um, just to kind of overcome the struggles and the sort of... Um, the sort of the, the mental block and the, the everything that went along with that not being able to do what I could do a month ago you know because of the yeah. injury and stuff um so I think that that mindset just really helps in, in the progress on, on my knee as well but I think in terms of the competitive days I don't think it's important if you're a competitive school or not a competitive school I think it's about the martial arts and less than five percent of my school are in the tournament team the, the majority of my students it's not about winning medals and stuff and, and being in the tournament there's a small percentage of the school that love that and want to do that and we yeah. give them the opportunity to do that if that, that's what they want to do but that's not the big part of our school it's about the ethos of what martial arts is about and, and things like that as well so um yeah no no I agree and I think I think I've always been like that it's, as much as yeah okay if I win a gold medal win a world title okay that's amazing and when we taking in anything away from that or for people that have won that and have that that accolade but I think it's what it means to you personally and for me I'd rather have better performance and uh, show improvement and progress and um, done something and performed in a way that I wanted to do or yeah. um yeah just improved on the last performance or wh whatever that is I'd rather have that and not get a medal and have the best performance of my life than win a gold medal and you know, yep. just have a, have a bad day. We all have bad days, but I think uh, that that's important to me. So that was something that I always got frustrated with myself about sometimes because um, it wasn't so much that um, I'd won the medal. It was like, oh, I didn't do this today and I should have done that. And that's what I went back to the, the gym for and the academy and was back in training again the next day. And that's 
that's what motivated me to get better because it wasn't about the medals as much as that sort of you know comes with it sometimes it's, it's definitely about your mindset and what I wanted to get personally from that as well and yeah that's why I still continue to train now and learn and I've done different styles and things I just love learning and just love sort of challenging myself in that way and and understanding uh different styles of martial arts and things like that and that's why I'm enjoying the Tai Chi program as well right now yeah. um but yeah as instructors if you're not learning and developing and you're not growing yourself you're going to just be stagnant and stale and how can you expect your students to then do that if you're not doing it yourself i think we we have to be um we have to be good role models as students and um not be hypocrites <laughs> yeah i hear you uh right okay i know that i've i've, I've we're, we're hitting an hour already uh it just goes so quick and i, I don't I, I don't want to keep you all day uh but we have to talk about movies because it would be an injustice to the podcast if, if <laughs> I was sitting here with you and didn't. Uh, you've got a real passion for the indie side of movie making. Yeah. You've been in one of the biggest franchises in movie history. So can you talk a wee bit about both for us, please? And, and what you've enjoyed about each of them or what you've learned from the, the different sides of things? Yeah, of course. I've um started so when i went to america and sort of was invited over there for the um very first thing that i did which um was a terrible performance but a great learning experience i just loved like i said the, the process of the filmmaking like it wasn't so much that i was in front of the camera it was just um what you needed in terms of like crew equipment how you film, why you film, different angles, how that then goes into the edit room and the post-production side of things and all that kind of stuff. I think with the indie filmmaking, with independent films and lower budget films, you kind of get to understand that process much more. It's a much tighter knit group. Mm -hmm. There's less money, so everybody has to pull the weight and you sort of create these lifelong friendships. Um, all of the sort of independent smaller productions that I've worked on, I've got, you know, lifelong friends from and it's, I've enjoyed the process. The end result isn't gonna be a Marvel standard, big studio, Hollywood production. Yeah. They don't have the money, but I think sometimes you can um, use resources and you can get the best out of what you've got and it can still be a good film and it can still look good. You know when there's a big you know blockbuster budget and when there isn't you can tell but i think if there's a good storyline and it's filmed well and shot well and there's good performance and stuff it's still a good film you can still watch it and it's still gonna do well yeah. um so i've worked on low low budget stuff independent stuff that is exactly like that um and then i've worked on other stuff that has just been garbage but the process has been amazing and the team and everything behind it has been really good yeah. Um, so I love that side of it. And so obviously 2019 we're filming Tribal. When we went into lockdown, we started the post-production. So I think that's kind of the first um or, or my first sort of co-producing role. And I really enjoy that side of it as well. And just I think I think it's like the problem solving side of stuff. It's kind of like when you're running a business, you know, you've got to when you don't you want to sort of you know you have time constraints and money constraints and you're trying to sort of um assemble people together and you're trying to sort of work out schedules and all that kind of stuff I, I i really enjoy that side of it as well and then understanding 
um, how you film something, why you film something, what you need. I think it makes me a better performer in front of the camera because I have a much better understanding of what's going on behind. So for me, that's a big, big part of it. When you work on a big budget set, you get looked after. I got my own trailer. I got a chauffeur driven car. You know, I got paid. <laughs> um, but it's, it's a different feeling. It's, um, and you can still meet some good friends and work with fantastic people. Um, you know, on, on Doctor Strange, for example, working with, you know, Mads Mikkelsen and Benedict Cumberpatch and Tilda Swinton and all of the rest of the guys in the fantastic stunt department and um, just the whole, you know, wardrobe, makeup, makeup was amazing. It's, it's incredible. And everyone has their own little departments and they kind of, you know, do what they need to do to a very high standard. It, it, it's very um it's very overwhelming sometimes in that sense but you don't have the same um sort of close mm. close family kind of feeling on a big budget set or or I didn't feel that anyway it's not that there's not a fantastic people or amazing people there's just so many people yeah. um and there's so much money to waste <laughs> whereas on a, a much smaller budget every penny counts and you you know it is it's a little bit more intimate I think um, but I love both, um, both, both for different reasons. So I think that's why I'm very passionate about the independent filmmaking and that's where I'm sort of going now as well as sort of acting, getting into producing and, and, and things like that as well. Um, I just really enjoy that side of it. And if uh, I got a call from a big budget studio, I'd be like, yeah, I'm free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's, it's, a, it's a different experience working on, working on set. But for me, having that understanding of, the whole process of how it works and why it works I think makes me a better performer and again it's just, it's about being that student and learning still and I think every every project and every film that I've worked on I've tried to take something from and learn from you know or, or the turn the negatives into positives and and then make the positives take them on to the next production um, yeah. so that's how I've kind of uh you know look look at the sort of filmmaking side but um they are very different you know money is the biggest thing that's different and when you have more money you have more time yeah. and then you can resolve things much quicker when you don't have the money you are very restricted i mean on, on tribal we had a very small budget and we even just in terms of how long we could have a location for and how long it takes to shoot a scene and if you don't get that done in that time then that's it yeah. There's no money to hire that location again, and that location is not available for another three months. So you, you have to get it done. So you have to kind of work faster, find ways to kind of get it done, or um, yeah, work work together as a team. And I think you do that on a big product, a big product, uh, big production. But there's many more people, and then you don't really, so you don't really have to kind of think about that too much because you, you know, I get my schedule. Sorry, you got to be here at this time. You're rehearsing at this time. Here's your lines. Um, off you go to your trailer, we'll pick you up at this time. And it's like, okay. <laughs> I've, I've not had many friends that have been flying to New York to shoot uh, Doctor Strange on a Marvel movie, but I wonder if this is a... Uh, and you mentioned this before, you mentioned about being quiet, yet, yet, yet confident, and, and that's always what I've gotten from you. And uh, mm -hmm. I wonder if the map, and again, I don't have comparisons other than yourself. So my mind. Sorry about that. <laughs> You've only got me to work from. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, I know, there's, there's a compliment coming here eventually. <laughs> the, it's, I, I wonder if it's, if 
or my go-to would be it was the martial arts and it was, but that might be doing you a disservice because it might just be your lovely nature. I, I spoke to you a couple of times in between just for different events that were coming up and trying to book seminars and stuff. And it wasn't like, uh, oh, I'm flying to New York tomorrow, darling, blah, blah, blah. It was just Zara. I'm actually, I, I can't, I'm not gonna be available that week because I have to fly back over to New York to continue shooting uh, Doctor Strange and stuff. And it's, it's, it's brilliant that you've been able to experience all of this amazing stuff and still be you. I think that's the compliment I was trying to try to get to there. Uh, that has to be. I think it's a mixture of you and just that that grounding of the traditional martial arts and stuff that's made you into the the, the person that you yeah. are. I I agree. I think um, for me, I always treat people the way I want to be treated. It doesn't matter if you're an A lister or if you're like the janitor. Or like me, you nearly said that there. No, not you at all, no. <laughs> no, that's not what I was gonna say. Um, whatever, so on um, different film sort of um, productions and stuff, we'll take Doctor Strange, there's lots of different people that have different roles. You can have a runner, you can have like an AD, you can obviously the director, different producers. But I think for me, it's important and I always try to just speak to everybody the same and treat everybody the same because that's how I want to be treated. And when we were in uh, New York and then we went to LA as well, um, I just, it is, I think it is the martial arts that sort of keeps me grounded because I meet so many people and they're so desperate. And the way they treat people or try and talk to people, I'm like, just be yourself. Yeah. Because it's much more attractive and you're a much nicer person when you're just trying to be yourself and you're not trying to, kiss someone's ass because you want this job or whatever and, and for me I, I just I don't understand that culture and I think um maybe I've lost jobs because of that I don't know but um I'd rather be myself and be true to myself than try and be something that I'm not and I think especially when I went to LA and there's some fantastic friends and people I've met in LA and this is not I'm not trying to generalize everybody yeah. in LA by the way or anything like that but just some people that I've met more recently um I just yeah, just, just be true to yourself and just be you. And it doesn't matter. I've never been a person that's sort of like, oh my God, they're so-and-so. Yeah. Because they're still a human being to me. And yeah, they may be very successful and very good at what they do, but it's still a person. So I've never sort of had that, you know, obsessive fan kind of thing. Um, I So I don't, I find it very weird when sort of people have that a little bit to me. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> I just just try and be normal and just try and um, just treat everybody the same. I think just respect is the biggest thing that you can give. And then I, I, don't, I never I never expect somebody to respect me. So I think it's important that it's mutual, isn't it? I yeah. want to show respect to somebody and then, then I hope that they'll show that back to me. And then if they don't, then that's fine. Then, you know, I'll cut them off and move on. Yeah. <laughs> um, th th no, I'm joking. It's, it's just... It's just it's just good manners, isn't it? And I think um, a lot of people don't have that. And that's one thing that I find sometimes in different types of productions. Um, I, you know, people get stressed and, and especially when there's time constraints and money constraints, things like that in, in the filmmaking sort of business, um, I get that it's very kind of cutthroat sometimes. And 
this needs to be done now. But there's always a way to treat someone. There's always a way to speak to somebody. It doesn't matter if they're a runner or the producer. Um, and so for me, I always try and speak to everybody the same way. So, But mm -hmm. I find that on, on different sets, people don't do that. And it's very, yeah. I, I just look at people different when they, when they, if they're speaking to me a certain way, but then they speak to somebody else who's going to go and get them a coffee, completely different. Yeah. I'm like, that's not the kind of person I want to be around. Um, so yeah, I think it's important. I think that you can't make a first impression twice. So I think um, like my whole career, I've, even though I have an agent, a lot of the work that I've done, I sort of get through word of mouth or because people have recommended me or because I've worked with somebody before and they like what they what I do or what I do or what I bring to the table. And that's how a lot of the work that I've done has come about, even though, you know, obviously I had an agent for Dr. Strange and things like that. But I think once you kind of get your, you know, the audition and the role, it's then, okay, you've got that role, yeah. but that's just one role. So what's going to happen after this? So I think it's very important to, um, yeah, to be respectful and, and to treat everybody the same because I'm going to work with this person again, maybe in the future. So, you know. I think, yep. yeah, it's, you can't make a second impression, a first impression twice. And I think that's something that's always stuck with me. And I want people to feel like um, that I respect them, um, which I do until they do me some kind of injustice or whatever. Then, yep. um, you know, and then I want to be able to work in the industry and, and have a good reputation. So I think it's important. Brilliant. Uh, um, okay, one, 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 one last thing. Uh, have you had enough of me now? <laughs> no, not at all. I'm, I'm, I, I, could sit and, I could sit and talk to you all day. It's just uh, that... Your, your, your viewers might be a bit bored. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, what, let's, let's assume that the vaccine gets uh, released quickly and we get back to... See, one of the things, there's been things like that are incomparably worse. I might have just made a word up there, but they're incomparably worse uh, than what we've went through this year. And the world kept spinning. And, and what I'm not doing there for one second is uh, trying to, to, to not appreciate the hardship that people have went through. But to get to my point, I think we will go back to normal. A lot of people, fear that we won't or there's going to be a new normal there's not i mean we went through two world wars and people came back and they went back to their work and they got married and they had babies and they, they the world kept spinning we will go back my belief is is that we will go back to normal once everybody's vaccinated and covid19 will be something that we got through we'll be hugging each other again and We'll be spending time close to each other. I think that's what will happen. So if that does happen, uh, just to sort of sum up, uh, what's what are you looking forward to in the new year? What 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 plans have you got? And what sort of what, what dreams are you still chasing? I guess. And what's I got lots of dreams. <laughs> so just just to go to your first point, I think yeah, we're going to get back to normal. But I think this whole pandemic is going to make us change the way we do things, but we will get back to normal. I think it's been a good thing in terms of 
for example, um, martial arts schools or, you know, activities and things, we've had to look at things differently. And I think more martial arts centers and academies and gyms are much cleaner and safer places now. So I think that will continue. So that's a good thing. And that's a positive thing that's come out of it as well. Yeah, for sure. The way that we, we teach and manage. So I think there's, there's some things, yeah, we're going to go back to normal, but there's some things that we're going to keep and we'll follow through. And if another pandemic occurs or whatever, at least we have something to work from. This is what we did last time. So we know what to do now. We're able to adapt our businesses and our classes and our training and everything like that as well. So I think, um, yeah, I agree. As much as we, we will get back to normal, I think we're going to take some of these changes with us for the better. Yep. you know for the positive Definitely. as well um so this sort of time of year is always a reflective time for me anyway because it's the only time of year when I sort of close my business for two weeks and have a little bit of home time so I'm in my lounge right now so yep. and I sort of plan for the next year and we sort of schedule dates and all that kind of stuff for the academy so um those sort of dates and things might get changed depending on what happens with the vaccine um and you know hopefully we have the big rollout coming soon and and yeah you know whatever happens with that I think in, in terms of um sort of dreams and plans we are going back to the Maldives next year we okay. we wanted to go last year but that we said you know on our five-year sort of anniversary we wanted to go back there so we went for our honeymoon so that's something that we've been planning to do or we're going to do next year I think sometimes again like we said before during the pandemic we've had time to reflect and things about what we want to do and what's important to us and why we want to do things so that's something that we're going to go you know what um let's just do it so I think we're, we're going to do that but in terms of business and stuff we've got a few films that we're working on that we're going to be producing but also a couple of roles that are coming up for me um sort of action roles again which I'm excited about um so yeah looking forward to that and um yeah looking forward to kind of um seeing my family again and, and friends coming back up to Scotland yeah, for sure. Have me. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> do you know what? I, re I really, um, I really enjoy the sort of seminar tours that I do because as much as you um, love your own students and I love my students and my academy and my school, it's, it's, I always find it very exciting and refreshing just to come visit different schools and train with different people. Um, and I think when people see you day in, day out, they kind of get used to you and like, oh, you yeah, know, just telling us doing this again. <laughs> So it's different, isn't it? When you have like different, like when we have different guest instructors, and I know that you you don't have many. So again, I'm very honoured that you invited me um, way back when to come up and be your one of your guest instructors. When you have guest instructors come over, I think it's it's great for the students to kind of give them something different. So I love kind of going to different schools and academies and you know giving my energy and my kind of take on stuff, and hopefully people enjoy that. So I'm looking forward to get getting back to sort of doing seminars and stuff as well. So fingers crossed that'll be um, something we can do in 2021. Um, yeah, and training. Mm -hmm. I want to sort of um, continue the training with um, Steve Rowe. I'm really enjoying that. And um, my own personal training as well. Brilliant. Yeah. Fantastic, Zara. Uh, well, listen, you know, you, I said this uh, I said this when, when you were up this, the first and second time, I think. We, you're right in what you say. We... We have very few people come and teach seminars for us, uh, and it's your sort of standard that I'm looking for. But what's what's the legacy of that is there's a ripple goes through the school for the next six months sometimes, just of positivity and people are talking about it. And uh, I mean, I'll mention young, you know, I'll mention young Natasha because 
this was Natasha's Christmas gift to me this year was a book with Muhammad Ali on it and uh, there's, a, there's a girl that you met at my school and your influence has I mean really taken such a positive effect on her all the way through to she's a black belt now still trains five six times a week uh, still looks up to you and, and 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 that's someone that she may never have met if you hadn't came and visited school so uh, she's the yeah. she's the little lady dragon now should we still call she her is. Uh, yeah she's awesome and the, the, things like that and yeah she's she's fantastic and i've seen her progress so um, I see obviously your your school and your posts on Facebook and her mum and dad as well and just just her progress through her martial art journey as well. That's it's really inspiring to me to kind of um, to see that as well. And um, yeah, I think that's why I do what I do with sort of the seminars and stuff. And if it, if I can just help one person along on their journey, then it's it's, it's worth it as well. But um, I get a lot from that as well, just my own sort of personal growth and. Um, inspiration and things like that in my, my training so yeah I love gym seminars I just want to say just before you kick me off okay um that um a lot of people there's a lot of people that do podcasts now and sort of do you know different kind of online interviews and stuff but yours is one of the most refreshing and one of the um um one of the best ones around thank you just because you ask different questions it's just, you just have a different vibe on it as well so I think I think it's not just the the regular. When did you start training? When do you do this? And who did you train with? And how do you do this? You know, it's a little bit more um, more open. I think it's nice to have um, a friend to chat to as well, and not just a normal. Um, so, so thank you for having me, and I hope you uh, keep up the good work with the podcast and the school. Lots of love to all the students and the family as well. Brilliant. Okay, Zara, that's a, a lovely place to finish. So, have a brilliant day, and thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Happy New Year.